Welcome to the Owl Once Was Lost podcast. We are the partner podcast, the Owl Once Was Lost Missing Persons phone tool, which you can get on Apple or Android devices. Um, I would suggest anybody that has children, elderly adults, anybody at all that uh, can go missing is, is who this is for. And it's just so simple to upload their information, kind of set it, forget it, and God forbid something happens. Somebody does go missing. You've got a one touch there, and you can have uh, many people around your area searching, keeping an eye out and ear out for them, and hopefully we would be able to uh, find them for you. So this is going to be the disappearance of Lori Lee Kasprick today. Lori Lee Kasprick was born in 1961, one of seven kids. Her upbringing was difficult. Her mother wasn't always around, and according to her brother, Rick, their father struggled to raise the children himself. The Kasprick family lived in Winnipeg and Vogar, Manitoba, before relocating to Hilliard, Alberta. Despite being a happy-go-lucky child growing up, Lori began to rebel once the family moved to Alberta. She would disappear for days at a time, until either her father or the Royal Canadian Mounted Police found her and brought her back home. According to Rick, the last time he saw his sister was in the spring of 1976. She'd shown up at a track meet. He'd been competing at to ask how things were going and to chat, and she left not long after that. He remembers RCMP officers coming to speak with their father at some point after Lori was last seen, but they told him there was nothing they could do as she was 16 and legally of age. They did, however, say they would bring her home if they found her. The last time the Kasberg family spoke with Lori was during Christmas of 1976. She called home and told them that she was working as a model in Lake Tahoe, Nevada. Unfortunately, there was no way to know if she was telling the truth as caller ID didn't exist at that time. There wasn't a big search for Lori when she disappeared as the family assumed she would come back home or call with her whereabouts. It was the belief of some that she may have made acquaintances with individuals her age while visiting her grandparents in Holden, Alberta, and gone somewhere with them. Rick did much of the legwork and searched for his sister, and he kept in constant contact with the local RCMP detachment, spoke to the Red Cross and to social workers he knew, and even considered hiring a private investigator. However, it was too expensive, and the PI said it would be hard to find Lori, as she could have married and legally changed her last name. There have been a few instances that have falsely gotten the family's hopes up over the years. The first was a woman who called in the middle of the night to say she was Rick's sister. It turned out she was a half-sister who had been put up for adoption. The family also found out there was a Lori Kasprick living in Ontario, but she turned out to be another woman with the same name as the missing girl. At one point, one of Lori's aunts thought she'd seen her on TV, while another relative believed they'd seen her at the local bus depot. Neither sighting has been confirmed. Lori's DNA is currently available for comparison, should her remains be located. Around 2006, a police officer from British Columbia contacted the family to ask if they had any items that may contain samples of her DNA. 
as he was working on the investigation into the murders committed by serial killer Robert Picton. No matches were made to the items Brick provided, and in the fall of 2013, Lori's file was shipped back to the RCMP detachment in Tofield, Alberta, where she was first reported missing in 1976. Despite her father making inquiries into her disappearance in the 1970s, Lori wasn't officially named a missing person until the Robert Picton murders. The possible association spurred the RCMP to speak with friends and associates of the missing girl. Unfortunately, many of those they spoke with weren't aware Lori was missing. And after speaking with 80 individuals, they were no further than they were at the beginning of their investigation. Lori has ties to Tofield and Riley, Alberta, according to the RCMP. She had previously spoken of interest in relocating to Calgary or to the United States. Recently, investigators were able to uncover she'd stayed in Edmonton for a while, where she may have spent time at a park on Jasper Avenue. She traveled to Winnipeg in 77, where she visited the East Kildonan neighborhood, as well as the area around Portage and Main Streets. To help progress the case, the RCMP has released an age progression image of what Lori would look like in the mid-2010s. They've acknowledged she may wish to stay missing, and if that's the case, they would like her to contact them so that they can let her family know that she is okay. In June of 2015, speculation arose that Lori could be a woman who went by the name Lori Kennedy. Kennedy had died by suicide on December 24, 2010, in Texas, after which it was discovered she wasn't who she said she was and that she'd taken the identity of somebody else. Online sleuths were struck by the similarities between the two. They both had dark hair and slight gaps in their teeth, along with similar heights and birth dates. However, there were also noticeable differences. The deceased had brown eyes and was white, while Lori's eyes are hazel, and she is of of metis descent, as well as she has a scar above her eyes, something which the woman called calling herself Lori Kennedy didn't. And it was eventually discovered the deceased was Kimberly Mary McLean of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. She'd run away from home at 17 years of age after constantly butting heads with her parents, after which she'd stolen the identity of a deceased two-year-old by the name of Becky Sue Turner. She'd used the child's birth certificate to create a new identity for herself, Lori Erica Kennedy. Lori's father died in 2006, and according to Rick, he continued to carry her school identification in his wallet up until his death. Rick now has a family of his own with two grown children. Lori Lee Kasperick went missing from Tofield, Mundare area, Alberta, in 1976. At the time of her disappearance, she was 14 years old, and what she was last wearing is unknown. At the time of her disappearance, she stood between 5 foot 11 and 6 feet. Her weight is unknown, but she is described as having a slender build. She has long, straight black hair and brown eyes, a large scar up over both of her eyes, and crooked teeth. She's known to go by the names Lovey and Lori. Currently, the case is classified as a missing persons investigation. If alive, she would be either 59 or 60 years old. Those with information regarding the case are asked to contact 
the Toefield Detachment of the RCMP at 780-662-3353. Tips can also be submitted anonymously via Crime Stoppers at 800-222-8477. So that's going to do it for this case. Um, make sure and hit the five stars for us so that we can be found in the Apple algorithms. And any kind of a review is extremely helpful, no matter what it is. Um, you know, if there's things that we can improve, we want to hear about it. And if we're doing a good job, we want to hear about that too. So if you could just take a couple seconds to hit the stars for us and either write a review or you can just leave the, uh, the stars and hopefully you'll hit <laughs> the five stars for us. So that's it for this case. We'll see you on the next one.